Let's start the conversation. Hello, America. This is Mark Hampton, host of The Conversation and author of the game-changing book, White Papers. I'm a thought leader, speaker, consultant, and racial commentator, and I want to welcome you to The Conversation, and you're in The Conversation now. Last week's show, we talked about why I wrote the book and who should get the book. Let me just re-detail that information for you. I wrote the book as a result of the number of African-American men and women who and children who were uh, killed by law enforcement, predominantly white law enforcement, and the dramatic difference and interpretation of uh, those incidences by uh, white and black America. We all saw the video footage. We all saw everything go down. But we had two different interpretations about what had happened. And I began that began to frustrate me. And I, so I wrote the book, uh, White Papers, the Black Book for White Americans. It dawned on me that if we're going to get on the same page, I, I felt compelled that we must provide uh, white Americans with ethnic insight and information that they need to understand what how different our experiences are in America uh, as black people. That, it, that difference is not intended to indict white people or hold white people hostage, but is, it is intended to educate you and give you information, critical information, and perhaps answer questions that you've never gotten answers to. And I think that's an important thing. If we're going to be a better America, then we're going to have to know more about each other than we do. And and just to talk about slavery is not enough of a, a discussion to make us a better nation. So uh, that's why we got into this subject matter. Now, who should get the book? I want to just touch that up for a minute. Uh, if you've been told that people think you're racist, you probably should get to get the book because there is something you're saying or something you're doing that is not in line with how you actually feel. So if you're being told that, it's because you're saying something or doing something that would make one uh, believe that you're racist. Literally what you're doing is you're either uh, using a language or exhibiting a behavior that has been historically associated with people that we would refer to as racist. So that's why that's happening to you. So you want to find out how you can avoid that. And uh, certainly uh, this book is going to be it, uh, a way for you to do that. If you should get the book if you have difficulty engaging with people, uh, African-American people. If you avoid African-American people, you should get the book. If, if the whole discussion and notion of talking about race just gets on your nerves, you should get the book. And perhaps the most important reason you should get the book um, is to share the book, to share the book with those that you know in your family who may be struggling with race, co-workers who may be struggling with race, supervisors at work who may be struggling with the issue of race. Uh, so, so the book is not just for white people, uh, but it's if you're an African-American and you've got some friends that you know uh, are not racist, but they're struggling with the issue of race, you need to get them the book. You need to buy the book and give it to them. I mean, seriously, that's how we can make a huge, huge difference in our world. Okay. But I'm going to tell you that the, the number one reason you should get this book 
is if you have children, you need to get this book because you need to prepare your children for the America that they will inherit. And what is that America? That America is the most diverse nation in the world. In other words, there are going to be more people of color in America as we, re- we hear it on CNN and on Fox. It's called, and we hear it from sociologists, it's called the browning of America, which simply means that America is going to have more people uh, in it that don't look like white Americans. And one of the greatest um, injustices we can do to our children is not in, not not prepare them for a world that is going to be more diverse. So it is critical to you uh, to get your children the ethnic insight that they need. And the best way to do that is to educate yourself, getting yourself educated so that you can prepare your children for a future that they will inherit it. So this is some powerful stuff, and we're so excited uh, that 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 you're here on the conversation today. Uh, it it's going to be a different show today. It's all about why it's so daggone hard, why it's so difficult to have a good race discussion. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about that in just five seconds. Well, thank you for joining us here on The Conversation. I'm your host, Mark Hampton, and so excited to have you back with us on The Conversation. Now, I want to talk to you about why it's so daggone hard to have a race discussion, why it's so hard in America to talk about race. Well, first, I need you to understand that racism is not a person. It's a behavior. Let me say that again. Racism is not a person. It's a behavior. Racism is not necessarily an intellectual thing, which is why we can't seem to solve it. Um, because to quite honest with you, we've had over 400 years to solve this problem and intellect has not solved the problem of racism for us. So we can't call it, we can't say that it's, it's a problem of intellect. I think it's an empathic problem. It's more about feelings. It's how we feel, not necessarily how we think. It's more about how we feel. So when we when we are uh, feelings, when race, you ever, well, let's just ask this question. Think about this for a moment. Think about how you feel when a race uh, discussion or a race issue is brought up. There are things, quite honestly, that happen in us that that make having a race discussion difficult. Uh, uh, I know many of our white friends, you, you think that, well, you've never been, uh, I, you, you, when you've referred to it and you're referring to black people when we discuss race or when race comes up, well, black people in today's culture have never been slaves. And certainly me as a white person, I have never owned a slave so I really don't under- get this whole thing about racism and why it's such a difficult discussion. Well, I got news for you. But newsflash, racism is not just about slavery. Uh, it definitely happened, and but, but you need to understand that racism continues to this day. And we'll talk about some of that in just a moment. Now, the other thing is when we talk about race in America, we, don't, we feel inadequate. 
we feel like we, we it's just not a conversation that we want to be involved in or it's not a conversation that we are comfortable with having. We feel inadequate often when we discuss race. And another thing that comes up with regard to racism, the, the discussion of racism or discussion of race, rather, or race encounters is we are fearful, quite honest. We, we are we are afraid of what's going to happen because of that inadequacy, because of those feelings. Uh, and we're just we're just fearful. We also sometimes are frustrated by the whole notion that we still have to talk about race. I, you know, I, it, it's, it's amazing. I have tons and tons of white friends. And, and when I'm talking to them or a situation comes up, um, when we talk about race, I, I can hear their frustrations coming out of them. They just are completely frustrated with the whole notion and the whole discussion of race. They just don't get why black people in America are still talking about racism because we have such a narrow view of what racism is. Or we think that in order for me to be racist, I have to hate you. Well, that's not that's the furthest thing from the truth. You don't have to hate me in order to be racist and I don't have to hate you in order to be racist or exhibit racist behavior. So hate is it has nothing to do with well it has little to do with how we uh, uh, interact racially and and the other side of that coin of frustration is most white Americans would just simply rather not have a discussion at all. I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, they shared with me how frustrated and how tired of the discussion. Uh, the, the level of social fatigue, if you will, that they have with the discussion of race. But but I I, I, I I gave them a little pushback. I said, well, people are still talking about it. It's because it's still happening. You can't say that people's uh, uh, response or expression or uh, interpretation of racism is invalid just because you don't understand it. I think we need to take some time and really say, well, if people keep talking about it as much as they are, it must be happening. So I think one must uh, choose to be a learner in those instances. Now, the last one I think is is really one of the uh, other reasons why we we, we struggle uh, with the why it's so hard to have a race discussion is the level of inconvenience that the discussion of race has on it's just inconvenient you really don't want to have to deal with it right because that means you're, if, if I have to deal with it now I'm going to have to learn some new things yeah that, that's exactly right I think for too long America has resisted learning and particularly uh, white America I do think that you have resisted learning on a mass scale, there are many who are trying their best with uh, implicit bias discussions, with discussions on white privilege, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's an effort out there, but the vast majority uh, of white Americans are not engaged in learning what's really happening with, with racism. And that, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. And that's that's the major reason why I wrote the book, because I want to reach out to you and help you with race. 
I mean, where else are you going to get these answers from? You can't, it's not like you can go up to a white, a black person and ask them discussion or ask them questions on race without appearing to be racist, right? Because you don't have a relationship with them. So here is a safe place for you to get that, get your questions answered. And while I'm on that, if you have questions or things that I may say in this broadcast that you just don't get or you just don't understand or you simply disagree with me, I want you to email me your questions or you have a topic for a show idea. I want you to email me your questions at white papers books, white papers book, I'm sorry, at gmail.com, white papers book at gmail.com. One more time, white papers book at gmail.com. Or you can simply contact us by phone at 614-398-0660. That's 614-398-0660. Now, uh, I want to thank you uh, again for staying tuned right here in the conversation. I'm Mark Hampton, your host and author of the game-changing book, White Papers, The Black Book for White Americans. Now, I want to also get into this. Now, too many of the wrong people, and this is some of the deterrent why it's so difficult to have a race discussion in America. Too many of the wrong people are actually talking about race. I, I honestly believe that. And you're thinking, well, what do you mean too many of the wrong people are talking about race? Don't you want us to talk about it? Yeah, I do. But I want, I'm talking about those who are talking about it uh, uh, on major platforms and things of that nature. Uh, and here's what I think is happening here. What I think is happening is in order to have a balanced, healthy discussion on race, one has to have years of reflection. I really believe that. I think you have to spend some time thinking about it, thinking about how you feel, thinking about why you feel the way you feel, thinking about how you even got those impressions in the first place. I think you need to think about that. I think you need to spend some time reflecting. The other thing I, I think that, that one must do is, is the, under, the understanding of history and one's personal experience. I, 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 there are white Americans who dislike white people, or who dislike black people rather, and have never had an encounter with black people that would justify disliking a mass of people. Now think about that for a minute. That would clearly be almost insanity to dislike someone you have never, ever encountered. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, so so we need to do better than that. OK, I think. And, and the reality is, is that we can do better than that. Now, here is what years of experience and personal reflection have taught me. Uh, uh, I want to talk to white Americans on this first uh, with the intent of building a bridge to connect with you. This is not designed to interrogate you or, uh, or push you out. That's not what this is. This is designed to build a bridge of connection with you. Now, history is critical. History makes today make sense. And racism is not only a historical event uh, that's over. In other words, racism is not just slavery. R racism, um, it continues. It, it, it is still felt. It's now I will say this, and this is critical that you understand this. Racism has mutated to our current world. Let me say that again. Racism has mutated 
to our current world. What do you mean by that? It's like a virus. A virus can mutate and it would require a higher dosage in order to deal with it. In this sense, it has mutated. Sure, we, we don't do slavery in America anymore. No, that's over. Uh, we have laws to prevent that. But, but think about it. That's what we used to do. Uh, there are certain things we don't do. We don't do lynchings. In, well, they're happening still. But there are no mass lynchings like there used to be. The reality is that, that uh, racism still exists, however. It's simply mutated. There are, there are things like red lines and red zoning, which wouldn't allow African-Americans to purchase property in certain areas. There, 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 were, there were attempts to keep African-Americans out of educational institutions, a lack of health care, uh, and even watch this. Welfare uh, on African-Americans was really one of the most... Wow, you ready for this? I believe it to have been one of the most racist things that ever happened in America. Because it said in order to get assistance for your family, the man of the house had to leave. And I want to tell you a quick story about that. When my father, uh, I'm from a family of uh, 12 and uh, born in 1961. And in the 60s, uh, my, my mother and father uh, called the welfare department to get some public assistance to help raise their 12 kids. All right. Now you've got to understand my parents grew up during Jim Crow. My father fit literally with his own eyes, saw people lynched in the South. And so you've got to understand what life was, how difficult life was for them, which meant they couldn't get an education. They had to work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, my mother did day's work. She would literally take us day's work. And for those of you who don't know what that is, my mother would take us to white people's house as she would clean their house and do their laundry as a kid. I remember that. I remember going up the stairs and the gentleman was in the bed. He had broken his leg from a skiing trip and he, and my mother had us with her. And, uh, uh, he said, and he said to her, in a very stern voice, Cindy, don't let those kids run around my house. And I remember my mother saying, no, sir, my kids are well behaved. And I hated as a child, I hated it when my wife, my mother rather had to go and clean white people's houses because of the things that she was deprived of growing up in the depression and during the Jim Crow eras because she couldn't get an education. So we have to deal with those real, real things, right? And, and, and so uh, uh, those things actually happen. So racism has mutated. It really has. And we need to understand that. And it's mutated in, you know, how we in, engage with uh, diverse groups of people at, in the workplace, in the social community and environment. And you have to understand that not racism is not a historical piece, event that is over. It's still happening. Millions and millions of African-Americans cannot be lying about this. We, it's impossible for millions of people to be telling the same lie. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute, if racism doesn't exist. All right. So, black Americans, I want to say this to you. Our interpretation of our experience in America, it's valid. It, it, it really is. But we cannot hold white Americans hostage with this. Wow. I, you know, I really have, <laughs> that is so critically important. We can't, we cannot engage white people 
by uh, shoving down their throat or their social consciousness about how bad they treat black people. That's not going to allow us to have a healthy discussion because you're putting people in a defensive posture. Now, for white Americans, I would say to you that when we when we discuss uh, our our racial experience in America, you should not jump to the defense of that. You should try to understand and learn that. So don't be offended because we are sharing our experience, which is violent, not unless you think millions of people are absolutely lying about their experience. You can't possibly think that. (laughs) I I know you're smarter than that. We have to stop holding white people hostage with history, but we must hold white people accountable for the present. And we must hold ourselves accountable for the present as well. History is a teacher. Today is the principal. And guess what? Last time I checked, the principal had more authority than the teacher. So we really need to make sure that we spend our time focusing on what's happening today, not using history as the context for the discussion, but it cannot be the main part of the discussion. The main part of the discussion must be what's happening today and solving today's racial problems. Listen, I have more show than I actually have time. Our time is up right now. I'm literally over my my expected time. But so I I, want to thank you so much for uh, tuning into the conversation. I want you to reach out to me. Make sure you email me uh, with your questions and comments, show ideas, frustrations, pushbacks, whatever you want to do. You can email me at whitepapersbook at gmail.com. That's whitepapersbook at gmail.com. If you want to get an autographed copy of the book, you can get an autographed copy of the White Papers book by dialing us at 614-398-0660 and we will exchange information and send you an autographed copy of the book White Papers, the Black Book for White Americans. We're going to change how America discusses race and we're going to make better America better. We don't necessarily need to make America great again because America's already great. But what we do need to do is heal America for the first time. I'm Mark Hampton, your host right here on Anchor FM, and you've been listening to The Conversation. I'll talk to you next show. <laughs>